morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever it is you listen to us, my rally friends. Welcome to another episode of the Rallycast presented by Oz Rally Pro. Well, I've been away from the mic for a little bit, but I'm finally back, and we're going to turn back the clock to Southern Ohio, where I chatted with one of our favorite co-drivers, Danny Norcus, who's had a great start to his season this year, as well as with Santiago Iglesias. He's the current reigning limited two-wheel drive Eastern regional champion. I also give my thoughts as to whether Barry McKenna's 2021 WRC car is just too fast for the championship. I even did the math to find out. I'm your host, Mike Shaw. So as you can tell, uh, it's been well over a month, I guess, since we did our last podcast. Variety of things have made challenges for me keeping doing these. Uh, First of all, I've had some computer technical issues, which uh, kind of surprising as me being an IT guy by trade, but uh, I did have a bit of a problem and uh, had to do some changes to get this uh, computer running like it should again. Thankfully, it didn't require entire reinstall of the operating system. It was a BIOS update and switching to UEFI boot that made things all better. And for those of you that understand that, then kudos. Uh, For the rest of you, it's just blah blah and uh, ignore that prior statement. Anyways, uh, that and just some personal stuff. Uh, The day job's just been pretty taxing of late. Um, Just never slows down and you know you'd think this work from home thing you'd have more time but no I tend to work a little later sometimes and uh, then don't end up doing the podcast stuff that I should so that said I'm really excited uh, to bring to you a couple of guests I had from a month ago uh, it was after Southern Ohio Forest Rally I got to talk to Danny Norcus then we have uh, Santiago Iglesias let's hear from them right after this go five right short over crest into second small crest 40 full F plus nips Hi, this is Alex and Rhiannon Gelsomino from Oz Rally Pro, Advanced Rally Training. Are you new to rally or have you been rallying many years? No matter what your experience, we can progress you further. Our classes are team training, driver pace note training or co-driver training that are tailored to each individual or team. Email ozrallypro at gmail.com for further details. Danny Norcus, how are you, man? Hey, good, how are you? <laughs> I'm doing pretty damn good. So, welcome back to the States. Thank you. You've had uh, quite the uh, positive experience since you've back, been back, man. Uh, you could say that. Uh, luck's been on my side. Yeah, so I, I guess, well, well, I guess first of all, as, as, as I like to start all of these, um, are, are you consuming a, a, a enjoyable uh, adult beverage? I sure do. I got a beer sitting right here. <laughs> Proper. I am sipping on some uh, delicious brown liquid that says Basil Hayden on it. Uh, let's talk about Colorado, because uh, you won that one overall, dude. Yeah, that was my first overall. Is it? Yeah. I, I don't know why that surprises me, because um, you've been around a while, obviously, doing a lot of co-driving, but yeah, I guess it's... It, Especially when you're doing national events, it's especially hard to be at the very top. But uh, even in the regionals, yeah. there's there's always somebody there that tries to pip you, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. It seems like uh, the the Adam and I years ago or a couple years ago were leading uh, going to day two of Colorado, and on the day and then I forget what happened. I think we had started having our fueling issue and the car shut off, so we uh, we didn't make it to the end, unfortunately. But. So yeah, I've uh, had a couple opportunities to win overall, but never uh, been able to capitalize on that. Well, and then it finally happened uh, with you and Travis Neese in the Evo, and he seems to yeah. be much happier in that Evo than he was in the Subaru. Yeah, I don't. I think he 
I think he likes both really. Uh, it's just he like he says it's a different style of driving. He said the, the Evo reacts more like a front wheel drive car and the Subaru is more like a rear wheel drive car uh, in comparison. So uh, I think he, I mean, that thing's fast, so it's definitely fun. Well, and it seems to definitely have better reliability than at least the luck he was having. Um, granted, he did what, uh, gosh, a season and a half, two seasons in the Subaru where it was, seemed like it was faultless and then. It, yeah, he couldn't uh, buy a break for <laughs> so many events. Right. It was painful. Yeah, the original car uh, motor that was in his car, I think it lasted like fifteen or sixteen events, um, and after that, he couldn't keep a motor together. Seemed like. Yeah. Uh, but we, uh, well, yeah, we had a. I was racing with him in Idaho, and we had a ball joint let go, and the I think because it was just super hot, or the motor was already warm, so when we just shut it off after the ball joint went. I think it just cooked the head gaskets, and then uh, so it was time for a new motor anyway. I think, but yeah, it, uh, after that, he definitely had some hard luck. But uh, it all came together, at Colorado. I mean, tell me a little bit about Colorado. I mean, I've not been to the event, but I've heard amazing things. Uh, man, the amount of miles you get for a re- what is a regional event is pretty spectacular. Right. Yeah, uh, it's it's a wild race. Uh, there's a lot of exposure. Uh, a lot of ro- real rough sections where uh, Travis and I knew that um, we could go fast in a lot of the smoother sections, so we would we took it way easy in those ru- that rough stuff. Uh, and I think some photographers were pretty disappointed when we came through and we were kind of tipped going through some areas where he thought it was uh, definitely worth it to slow down, and I think he probably did make the right decision because there wasn't anything to be gained in those sections, and it's easy enough to hurt the car and uh, throw away a win. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, the the roads are great. I loved them. Uh, I, I, that's my fifth time doing it, and I'll go back next year if uh, if somebody wants me in the car with them. So it's definitely one that's worth visiting. And uh, it's kind of surprising there was only like thirty something entries. I guess so. So far was this weekend, so that makes sense. I guess. Yeah, I think uh, it, it's one of those you know smack dab in the middle of the country. It's right. draws from both, which can be an advantage or a disadvantage, right? <laughs> Right, yeah. There was some still good good competition. I know, like, uh, unfortunately, some, like Alona was kill, was doing so well, and unfortunately went out on Earl's corner. If you, if you remember <laughs> That's the, the same story corner as same corner as Earl, same corner as Earl, same corner. Um, Brian Dunham was co-driving for a guy in a white Subaru. I don't remember what who it was, uh, but they uh, they went Andover and in the same corner. It's a tricky, tricky corner. It's blind, so you're coming into it. Uh, I think it was like a crest into like a maybe like a three or four, and yeah, it's it's super slippery, like more than normal right there, and the, the corner and it, the road just kind of goes off camber a little bit, and it kind of draws you towards it. Like the second time we ran through it, we were kind of pushing that way, but uh, Travis was able to to keep it well away from the edge. But uh, it was definitely you could feel like it, how easy it would be to go off there. Yeah, it sucks when there's a one of those corners just kind of sucks you <laughs> kind of off the yeah. road if you're not careful about it. Yeah, and that one like it's just like last year that there was a corner there um, going the other direction. I forget what stage it was, but uh, three cars went off in the same corner, and it was just it's one of those corners that like if you're not like if you don't have it noted really well, and I think we had a caution on it too, and um, that if you if you say you thought it, you marked it as a four, but it was actually a three, yeah, you're, there's no there's not much of a chance to save it at that point. And I saw some pictures from, uh, I think Rupert Barrington took them. Uh, there was at least two or three other cars that had two wheels off on that corner, too. 
that where they saved it, but it it looks sketchy. Well, definitely one that's on my bucket list to go see. Um, like, like I said, I always keep hearing good things about it. Well organized, well run. Uh, uh, the roads just so many miles of awesomeness. And uh, yeah, I, I don't know if it's national ca- caliber. Maybe um, some people say that. The, uh, the problem with that being national would be the infrastructure for the city. Uh, Rangeley yeah. is very small. There's one hotel, um, one like normal hotel. I think there's a couple other little places to stay, but uh, you're going to, I think last year we stayed an hour away in Vernal, Utah because there was no lodging when Travis looked. So that's the tough part is like most of the rally would have to stay out of town like right. an hour away. So that would be the toughest part I would see. But the organization was absolutely incredible. We, they didn't run a single stage a, a minute late even. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. That's I mean, it's pretty typical that, like, okay, there's a stage we get delayed at for, you know, 10, 15 minutes. But no, not even a minute at this one. That's that's done proper, and, and that's what yeah. you want to hear. And, you know, things do happen during rallies, and we'll get to that a little oh, bit yeah. when we talk about <laughs> Southern Ohio. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, Let's move on and talk about Southern Ohio a little bit. Uh, okay. Obviously, national calendar. Uh, dude, the open two-wheel drive class was stacked. I've been waiting yeah. for an event that all y'all would be there. <laughs> you know what I mean? So yeah. you're you're with Greenhouse there. Hooper was there. Seamus was there. Steely back in a two-wheel drive car. Uh, yep. Wow. <laughs> yeah, and uh, Brad Morris had his uh, weapon yep. out there, too. Uh, yeah, looking at the entry list, I I, I, for, I kept forgetting. Oh, and um, Nate Tennis. Uh, Nate Tennis, and then and uh, Jason Bailey came down from uh, Canada. Yeah. He's usually yeah, co- really competitive, right? Right. Yeah, uh, it was pretty stacked. There was a lot of guys that could uh, could definitely make the podium, and it definitely meant we had to go fast. Was that something you take into account when you go to do notes on Recky? Like, I, we need to be more aggressive because of the field. I don't think so much in notes because the corner is a corner. So if it's a three, it's a three regardless. Uh, there was some cuts and like some, some sections we put like hook for hook and ditches and stuff like that. That probably helped a lot actually. Um, so there's, that's probably a lot of that. Uh, and then also make sure you're making sure the note is precise because if you're saying, if you're saying it's a three, but it's actually a four, you're losing time for sure. But, I don't think there was any like optimistic corners that we, you know, like, Oh, this let's, let's make that faster just so we can carry more speed. Cause I think a corner should be, if, it, if a corner is a three, it should be a three you could put a go in front of it. Sure. But I don't think uh, we noted it any differently other than adding some cuts and hooks and stuff. Well, and I guess that's what I was thinking is, you know, making sure you're getting that extra detail of, you know, uh, whether you need to keep in or whether you need to, you know, oh, yeah. you, you, you know, whether you can go wide, you know, uh, coming out of it or something like that, where you can push maybe a little more or something like that, where maybe that detail might be left out otherwise. I don't know. I, not there a was, <laughs> yeah, there, there was one that, um, and so Chris had had notes from previous years and there was a right three that I remember vividly and it said, okay, after it. And I really wasn't sure what he meant by that until we were on recce. I saw it and I was like, oh, that's because the three is extra wide. So if we go, if we go wide, we're just going to go in a, a little bit of grass and we'll be fine. So he knew that he could push faster through that stuff. But Gotcha, gotcha. And that, that makes so, a lot of sense. So I guess there was a little bit of that. And it's been a little while since you sat with Chris, hasn't it? Yeah, we were talking about, I think, uh, Sandblast 2018, right before I moved back to Idaho from North Carolina. So it was Sandblast was only an hour from my house. And so 
or I think it was two hours from my house in North Carolina. So uh, it was easy for me to go down and do that one. Uh, but yeah, uh, last year, 2019, I ended up, uh, well, I just got back from overseas again, actually. So I didn't do too much in 2019. And then obviously 2020 wasn't much of a season for anybody. For anybody, right. <laughs> yeah. I got, to, I got to do Colorado and that was it, unfortunately. So did you and Chris uh, get back in the group pretty quick? Yeah, I think we did well. Um, I mean, the results, I should say, well, the first day. Let's <laughs> kind of speak for it, yeah. So if you, no, because if you look at the second and third stages uh, on Friday night, um, it, I think it was road conditions more than anything, but they, we, uh, we struggled for sure on stage three. Uh, we went into a ditch a little bit and had a spin probably, I don't know, 30 miles an hour. That was not the most comforting feeling, um, but see, uh, the next day, Saturday morning, we went out and won the first stage that we got to run for two-wheel drive, so we were going for it at that point, because we were, we were down at fifth, actually, after day one, and we, after the first stage of day two, we went from fifth to third. So, there you go. That's the way to push yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, uh, Brad Morris had an un, had a spin and a, a couple little incidents that cost him a bunch of time too. So that that definitely helped because he had a a fair bit of time on us. And I think he was maybe it was Cameron that was in fourth at the time, and uh, we just we just drove a little harder than him, I guess. Uh, Brad was in third, and Cam mm-hmm. was in fourth. Yeah, at the yeah, end of the that day, sounds so. right. Yeah. You guys, yeah, I was wondering what happened on stage three because, uh, yeah, you guys definitely dropped a whole minute to to Seamus, and yeah, yeah, okay. we figured we know the old guys probably... quick, but yeah, <laughs> not a minute difference. Yeah, with a ditch excursion, uh, which we backed right out of, that probably you know ten seconds or so. The spin, we actually had to had to handbrake to turn it around because we were pointing the wrong way at the uh, at that point, and then had to do a little bit of Austin Powers turning. So we figured we're probably forty to fifty seconds we lost on that uh, on those two mistakes. That definitely uh, makes it a little harder to come back from. So obviously there was the issues with the the large time delay um, while they tried to figure right. out communications, which, you know, uh, yeah. I will say hats off to the organizers in figuring something out uh, because, mm-hmm. you know, I kind of looked and did the calculation and total miles lost was about 30, 36, I think is what it was if you do the, the real That's detailed what... math. And not bad considering... Uh, right. you guys had like a four and a half hour delay or something like that. It w- wasn't short. <laughs> yeah. So we did the first loop. We did the one stage and came into service for the 35 minute service and then went out and we got line. We were getting lined up for the stage. No, we, what was it? No, we didn't even go out for the second loop. I don't know. It's hard to remember now. It was hot. And I've been going like crazy since I've been back in the, in the country. But yeah, no, we missed those three stages. Uh, so we it was a, supposed to be a sixty minute service. I think we were in service for probably two hours or so, uh, wait, just waiting to hear something. And then actually, the funny thing is, is it popped up on the rally safe. I looked at the I looked in the rally card, and it's like uh, first cars out at four thirty. Uh, so the rally safe's kind of cool. Yeah, they can uh, send direct messages to that, um, simple ones. Um, right. And, they, and even ones where you can respond yes or no to, which is yeah. uh, pretty darn fantastic. Uh, pretty pretty cool devices. Uh, was that your first time using the Rally Safe? It was, yeah. That was, uh, that was a new feature. Uh, at night, I uh, didn't realize how to... I, I should have looked into it more and figured out how to dim it, because 
it was pretty bright and we came across i think it was ryan booth that was off and uh so it showed it you know the green like he's okay uh, but it, it's at night uh it's pretty bright in the car and i should have dimmed it a bunch if i would have known to do that i guess i didn't think about it Especially when it's like flashing the warning that you're coming up on him, huh? Right, right, because it starts at like 400 yards out, but that's as the crow flies. It's not as uh, not on, like actual road distance. And with those roads being like a bunch of switchbacks and stuff, uh, that 450 yards or so, or 400 yards, it could it could be a couple minutes before you get to where the car is. Yeah, I wonder if it has like a night mode where it can at least be in red or something, so it's not, you know, so you don't get night well, blindness. There is a dim function, uh, and Chris showed me how to do it in the last transit. And I was like, oh. Well, that would have been nice to know before we started the stage. <laughs> but I guess, I guess, I don't know, I wasn't planning on seeing uh, a car off. So then you guys uh, end up getting regrouped and reorganized to then just uh, hit those three stages that were supposed to be in the morning loop and, and do them another two times. Uh, right. Doing those stages extra time, especially the, the third one in that loop, uh, did the conditions of the roads hold up or it start rutting out a bit? You know, I think they were pretty good still. I, I don't remember anything too terrible. The For sure, the like the hooks and the cuts that we had, uh, those you know started to get a lot deeper because everybody was cutting. Um, but as far as like the general, most of the road, it was to- they, I think they were pretty good. I only see, you know, maybe three minutes of a 12-minute stage, but uh, of actually looking at the road. So I don't get a whole lot of opportunity, but it didn't, they didn't feel bad. There was no, it wasn't rough, uh, like I said, other than a couple of hooks. So were you looking at everybody's stage times and, uh, you know, telling your guys, telling yourselves to push it once you guys got restarted? Um, because, you know, Hooper was in second at that point. You guys were sitting in third. You know, it right. looks like uh, your guys' speeds were pretty close to each other. Yeah, uh, I think we started putting time on him, and then he had the unfortunate incident. But, yeah, no, uh, as much as we could, we were looking at times. Um, I know... Like I said, when we, that first stage we got to run, that was the first thing we did is look to see how much time we cut out of people. Uh, and Chris was like, I didn't think we did that. Or he's like, I don't think we did that good on that stage. I was like, Chris, I think we did good. And he's like, I don't know. I just made a lot of mistakes. I was like, Chris, we did fine. And then sure as heck, <laughs> sure as heck, I think we were like, it was less than a second, but we beat Seamus on it. And then we beat Hooper by, I think, 10. Um, and I don't remember how much we put on Steely, but I think it was a, a fair amount. Um, I know we beat Bailey by a fair amount on that one, too. The last loop, I looked, and Steely was, like, I think, 52 seconds behind us. Um, and so I, I told Chris, like, just don't push. Just drive your race. Um, we're going to get through it, and uh, just don't make me, you know, look, don't, we don't want to make any dumb mistakes and throw this away. And, yeah, we were 25 seconds slower than we were the first time through. Uh, that was surprising because it still felt quick. Uh, but it didn't, but it was, I think Cameron put on like put 10 seconds on us or something like that on that stage. And then, so at that point we knew, okay, we can't really back off much. Otherwise there is a possibility that he could, uh, overtake us. Uh, so we, I think we beat him on the last two stages. Uh, but Seamus was, well, the last stage Seamus had an issue, but, uh, so the second to last stage Seamus had us by you know, a bit. And, uh, but we knew unless he had a big issue, we weren't going to catch him. And then he had a big issue, unfortunately. But even pushing as hard as we could have, I don't think we'd have built. There's no way we'd have made up the time on that last stage because I think he still beat us by a fair margin. Uh, that guy. <laughs> well, the car too, but Seamus is—he's a beast. 
I, I think, you know, people say always oh, like, oh, that car, that car. But like, I bet if you put him in like any, really anything, you know, respectable, doesn't have to be anything super fancy and he's still going to be super fast. So, uh, well, he's proven it in the, you know, being in the four wheel drive car, right? Right. Yeah. Uh, so you put him in an average car and he's still going to smoke people that should be way faster than him. And overall power wise, to be honest, I don't know if that Escort is all that much more power or, or maybe equal to Greenhouse's car. Yeah, I'd say they're probably pretty equal. Uh, I think they're both in the 300 range. Yeah. And so. and at some point with two-wheel drive, more power means nothing. That's a fact. Yeah, it's just tire spin. Exactly. So, yeah. Um, how were uh, tires for the weekend, I guess? Because, you know, that's another thing, you know, th- these roads and... Uh, having to get traction, we had some dampness and all that stuff. Uh, how was it with tires? So we started with a like a wet setup. So Chris had a, a set that was cut for mud, uh, so they opened up the tread quite a bit. Uh, I think that was probably the right decision, but even with those, it was still just super loose. And I don't know that like ha- without those cuts, if it had been, I don't think it would have been any better. Really, a breaking maybe, but uh, that's hard to say. Uh, but yeah, we went. We started the first day, and then the first set of, or that first stage we got to do, we were on the mud cut tires, and it worked on uh, the first day, first day of stage, or the first stage of the second day. But then we went to regular Pirellis up front, and I don't remember what compound, and then some Hooters in the back, and it seemed to be okay. Uh, again, it's being in the passenger seat sometimes is hard to tell. They they had enough grip that I wasn't feeling like the car was loose like crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, like like Travis and I, when we ran Colorado last year, he wanted to run Cooper hards, and it was cold still in the morning. And I was like, and I tried to talk him out of it. <laughs> and uh, and he, and, uh, he wanted just to, you know, for money reasons, obviously, and, you know, conserve tires. He wanted to run the same set the whole race. Well, and also and, not get punctures, right? Because the harder compound also is a little more puncture That's resistant. true. That's true, too, yeah. Because there's rocks out there in Colorado. Serious rocks. Right. But I know for sure those were the wrong tires for the morning because uh, we were sliding a wide, like, a lot. I'm like, I know that a medium compound of, like, well, even, like, probably, or Hoosier's hard compound would have been a much better uh, choice for that because Hoosier's hard's not nearly as hard as the Cooper hard's. But, uh, no, I think the Chris chose right on the tires. I know he had he'd walked over and talked to Pat Morrow about it too, uh, so he had insight from a couple other drivers uh, that on what to run. So I think, yeah, we had good grip. Was, I mean, as good a grip as you could have had out there. Well, definitely an exciting weekend. Uh, I'm, I'm glad it all came to where, where you had a proper uh, last couple of loops of stages where you guys were able to battle it out. And uh, definitely was try, uh, kind of fun to, to watch from afar, but uh, yeah. must have been pretty exciting in the, in, right there in the in the passenger seat, though, with uh, <laughs> tensions high, stage times being traded back and forth, and uh, trying to push to the max. Yeah, it was, it was a good time. And actually, a uh, funny story, uh, that Hooper got that flat on the, one of the stages because he hit a ditch sideways. Uh, we hit the same ditch, except for we went in nose first, and Steely hit the same ditch nose first as well. So the three of us that are all well, unfortunately, uh, Hooper got taken out from that because of because of the flat. But so three of the the fastest two wheel drive guys all hit the same ditch. Wow. One way or another, yeah. When we hit it too, actually in the in car, probably if Chris ever shares it, I'll, you'll hear me say we're beached 
I didn't think we were making it out of it because we went uh, across the ditch and hit the the bank on the other side, but somehow he backed out. That's some serious yeah. luck. Um, yeah, uh, Cameron said he had the same thing happen. So, well, what's next on the uh, Danny Norcus adventure list when it comes to rallying? That's a good question. I honestly, right now, I don't have anything planned. Um, work's taken me somewhere for a bit, and it's only like it's not nearly as long as the last one. But uh, I'll, I don't think I can commit to Ojibwe as much as I want to because that's where I, I grew up in Minnesota. My family's lake house is like 20 minutes from there. Uh, but I don't think I can commit to Ojibwe. So maybe LSPR or uh, a couple couple regionals, STPRs, and maybe if somebody asked me. But All right. Well, you're on the list there for somebody, I'm sure. Yeah, hopefully it works out. I, I definitely would like to do more than two races this year. Uh, I'm sure that Oregon Trail being in November, uh, I imagine I'll be at that one for sure. Well, I'd love to see you. Um, are we keeping you properly supplied with coffee, which I believe was a request when you were uh, uh, overseas and whatnot? Yeah, I had uh, ended up more than more coffee than I was able to drink, but I, I definitely uh, consumed a fair bit of coffee while I was over there. And uh, the stuff that uh, friends, family, uh, people like you, fans also sent me, I was, it was crazy how many packages I was getting. And uh, I was like, okay, I started telling people, I was like, no, 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 don't send me anything because, like, I don't, I, I don't need any more. Really, so it's was, enough. <laughs> yeah, but I, I did give it to people that were like, oh, we're, that were out, you know, or they're like, oh, I'm gonna order some. I'm like, oh, here, just have some of mine. Uh, so I made sure it, it definitely went to, to. It got used anyway. Well, that's awesome. That that that's that's really good to hear. Well, sir, thank you for your service and congratulations. Uh, thank you. An overall win for your first time at Colorado and yeah. second in open two wheel drive at uh, Southern Ohio. Wow, what a great way to start the season. Yeah. One last note, actually, I was Travis Neese's first co driver ever. So I went from seeing him to brand new beginner to winning an overall. In, in the car with him so that was pretty cool awesome awesome yeah. very cool yeah. all right well congratulations man we'll talk again soon all right sounds good and with us now is santiago daniel iglesias santiago dude another win and <laughs> actually a pretty good battle this weekend in limited two-wheel drive yeah it was awesome um just trading stage times back and forth even with the delays once you got going again just every stage checking times as much as I could and trying to push as hard as I could without putting it in the trees. You know, it, it definitely was a challenging weekend. The weather kind of came in that first day, right? You had uh, pretty wet stages and actually it looks like Patrick Grushka um, ended up kind of showing his stuff right at the get go there. Um, but uh, then you had to kind of put it on pretty strong to uh, catch back up to the top. Yeah. And I'm no, I've done sober every year so far that it's been it's been back, so I'm definitely no stranger to random rain rain showers. At least we didn't get hailed on this year, but uh, uh, I do like the Friday stages. Unfortunately, for whatever reason, we just got tripped up and I got lost in the notes on stage two, and definitely bled some time there. But then I I pushed back and I won the one stage three for the class by less than a second. And then I knew it was on. I knew we could catch him. Yeah, it looks like you had uh, Matt McGee also in the mix there um, in the limited two-wheel drive. So it was a good good three of you that were 
at least as far as uh, overall just kind of stage times and getting stage wins, we're kind of bouncing back and forth a bit. Yeah, definitely, especially because he, he had a new co-driver, and it seemed like um, they might have got a couple check-in penalty-type things. But as far as their stage pace, yeah, I mean, that's that's really what I was looking at. So I know you're one. I was I was talking earlier uh, to Dan Norcus um, in the open two-wheel drive class, and, you know, obviously they're pushing it a little harder with Chris Greenhouse, switching tires, things like that. You're a guy that tends to use the same tires for multiple events, let alone changing them during a rally. Uh, after doing this many runs on, on these some of these stages, especially like the, the third one in the loop and, and just how many hairpins and things like that where you're going to be sliding a lot more, uh, how are your tires holding up? I did end up putting two new tires on the front axle for the last loop of three stages. But yeah, uh, these the tires that I had on there were probably used for for uh, the rally last year and probably at least the LSTR before that. So they had a, a few slip slidey miles on them, that's for sure. Yeah, but I figure my suspension is probably a little too stiff for this how wet the surface was anyway most of the time the car feels balanced so i was just kind of flicking it between corners and just trying not to make mistakes and push where i could i mean with the i don't have that much power so almost seems a little better to be able to just lay the power down and slide the car around the corner on all those hairpins there was one particular corner that uh danny was talking about that multiple competitors, at least in the open two-wheel drive class, they ended up getting it wrong, and it kind of sucked them into a ditch, and they got out. Um, did you have any problems in any particular corners on, on some of these? Because it's, it's a really twisty rally. I did not leave the road at all. Was that kind of the goal, is to n- not do too many cuts and just kind of stay in the road? Well, I, I did cut some corners where I, where I thought it was safe through, you know, peeking down in the corner through Recky, or if I could see that everybody else had been taking the cut. But for, you know, some of those high-speed corners approaching high-speed sections into tight corners, I gave myself enough time to break most of the time, but then left myself enough margin to to stay on the road and just power out. I'm also, I'm also going into it with a lot less speed. I have, like, almost half the power of the, the top of open two. Right, right. But uh, among your limited two-wheel drive uh, base, you're, you guys are probably pretty similar on the when it comes to power among among the group. Yeah, it's funny. I was talking to Patrick, and, and for a little non-turbo Fiesta, he must have just been never lifting in those things. He was telling me that on the last loop, he was having some transition problems. And on the, on the first stage of the last loop, um, he lost... The, before that, he had lost fifth gear. Then he also lost fourth gear. So he said he was limited to about 60 miles an hour or so. But then he said he was trying to drive. It made him try to drive 60 miles an hour as much as possible. And he took me by a good chunk out of that stage. Momentum driving. Through, it, adver- it works. through adversity. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Makes, it kind of forces you to learn how to be a better driver. So do you think the uh, switching those uh, different tires was kind of one of the keys to really pulling it out on those la- in that last loop? Because that seems to be where you had uh, gained a lot of the time. I was pushing pretty hard. Well, by by the time we changed them, the, my rear tires were pretty shredded. So I feel I felt that was a good time. You know, put new tires on the front, put the fronts on the back, kind of hopefully keep the balance where it was because I was pretty comfortable with it. So now for the important question: um, 
with the long delay that was there, uh, what'd you guys do uh, to just say, you know, bide the time while they figured out what, was gonna, what they were going to do? Did you have like water balloon fights with your crew or <laughs> some fun like that? Mostly just like sitting in the shade, trying not to move too much and chugging water. We had to do two water runs because we they bought a case in the morning and we, we chewed through that real fast. The humidity was, because the overall temperature I don't think was super high, right? It was like upper 80, well, I mean, 80s isn't cold, but, you know, by any means. But with that humidity, it was stifling. Out humidity there. was high. And the sun was strong and there wasn't much of a breeze anywhere. Oof. Until the very last loop where as we were leaving fuel, um, some clouds came over the, the surface park. And you could feel, it felt like the air temperature immediately dropped. 10, 15 degrees. So yet another win in the belt. Uh, do anything special to celebrate this one? Because I mean, I mean, going at this rate, you're going to have that uh, that Eastern uh, Limited Two Wheel Drive Championship wrapped up pretty early. Yeah, I need to look up how it works. I actually did check the uh, check the standings on Nathan's website, and uh, I guess I hadn't realized that Patrick did has done all the rallies of here so far. Mm-hmm. So he's actually ahead in the championship right now. He's ahead of you. I didn't realize that, but he he is he has been one more event. Yeah, but he's been right there close to you too. So huh, battles on. And I I I kind of forgotten that he was at Snowdrift because I was I was more focused on uh, Russell Senior because we were battling all day. But apparently uh, Patrick picked up second there after after Russell got stuck in the snow. So a win in two second places. Yeah, he's he's got a, a good lead. Looking forward to uh, what the next one is. What, what's going to be the next one for you? Summer Snowdrift, because it's right around the corner, and it's real cheap. I'll always seem to be like you're uh, sitting in the front or, or battling at the front. Any plans after this season to do any upgrades or, or changes? I mean, because of the domination you've had, do you want to go faster? Or, I don't know, you're just having fun out there as it is. Uh, and there's been a few rallies where I was kind of out in front by myself, but there, there's been a lot of times like this one, like Snowdrift, where it, you know it ends up a couple cars that can be quite different and limited. That we're all taking tents out of each other. I just have so much fun doing that. And it, it would take some serious upgrades to really be competitive and open. Yeah, yeah, you'd have to be within a a group of open to people that you want to be with, right? And it wouldn't be for an actual title because it'd just be within that group, right? Because the affordability goes out the window if you try and really be at the top. Yeah, I mean, definitely more power, more tire, probably more, definitely more brakes, probably better suspension, testing, all the things. <laughs> yeah, I was I was looking at the standings. I mean, even winning limited, I was I think. 12th of the combined two-wheel drive so yeah the the open two-wheel drive had so many drivers and so many good drivers that it i would definitely have to step it up quite a bit with the car well it looks like you're having plenty of fun uh battling it out in the limited twos and those guys keep getting better so that means it's going to force you to have to get better right and honestly the last couple of events all i do between rallies is like you know Check check out check the one up. It came loose, and you know, change the oil every now and then, that kind of thing. Wow, that's about as easy a maintenance as you can get. Yeah, my big up my big upgrade for this rally was that I got a new wrap on the car. Which that's, people definitely seem to enjoy that. 
Yes, it definitely looks good. Um, we, we've seen you in the same one for so long, and I had to do a double take. <laughs> it's like, wait, wait. Oh, that's I mean, yeah, Santiago's that was, car. That was only when I bought it, too. Yeah, because uh, TRF was running that as a rental, and I bought that from them outright. But I, I kept the livery because, I, I mean, it did look cool, but you know, it's been a couple of years. Time for a change-up. Uh, so Summer Snowdrift, that's, um, that's not that far away. That's only, that's what, next month, right? I think on this one we got to, I think I might need uh, to do a break job because, so on on the last loop of stages, you know, Gruska got me by a little bit on the first stage. I got him back on the second stage, but, you know, then we ended on the long stage, Top Gun, and I, I was pushing really hard because I didn't know what he was going to do. And if he, we were so close, I just had to go for it. So I was late breaking like everywhere, way more than I normally do. A little outside my safe comfort zone, just to try and get more speed and get better times. So the the brakes felt a bit spongy when I when I got back to the last service or to the to the finish control. Now you say outside your comfort zone, but you obviously executed well. Is that now your new comfort zone? Do you think you maybe expanded that a little bit? Potentially, at least for safe. There, there were a couple moments where we would get lost in the notes, and I, yeah, I, I left myself enough margin. Occasionally, I would break later than I intended to, but it just so happened to be the perfect point where the car would rotate on a dime, and I could just fly out of the corner. But a, a lot of times, I try to slow down a little before that, just in case you know it gets slippery or whatnot. I think what I really like about the limited two-wheel drive class is, you know, you, you folks are, are pretty close to each other, and yet the cars are so different. You're in a BRZ, you've got Patrick Gruska's in a Fiesta, uh, Matt McGee's in a in a Rabbit, uh, Rokas is in a Golf, essentially the same thing as a Rabbit. Um, you know, you got these old cars, you got newer cars. Uh, it, it really makes for a very dynamic field. If you count Nate, we had four BRZs at this event, which was... I don't know if I, I think that might be a, a high. Kristen Sada was in one. She came from out west here, so she's she's learning the ropes of rallying, which is cool to see her out there too. Yep, and the the Nonax had their this, that was their uh, premier event in the car, and they just built it. Oh, really? It was it was, it was cool to see them finish pretty well too. It was unfortunate to see Nate go off. It seemed like that car they didn't. I don't think they restarted on Saturday, unfortunately. Uh, Nate, yeah, I think his car. Um, I thought they did a couple of stages, but I know they didn't finish. Let's see here. Yeah, he was in a tree on stage two, and there were actually two cars off where he was. The it was it was so weird. There were there I, I don't know if it was one of the R5s or something that was on the road with triangles, but then down in the ditch was another car that I at the time I couldn't tell, but when I went by, I recognized Nate, you know, standing up there, and they were like yeah, right next to each other. You know, it's on opposite. One was on the one was on the one side of the road. The other was off the other side in the ditch. Yeah, you're right. It doesn't look like they restarted at all. Ugh, that's brutal. As definitely ogling his uh, new supercharger. <laughs> uh, yeah, both him and uh, out west here. You know, we've got um, Derek Nelson's uh, BRZ. He's got this also supercharged, and that thing is a beast. Uh, it, it's pretty quick. I've, so. I've heard Pots is making a return soon. Ah, that would be fun. There we go. Get all the BRZ. We should get them all in one event. <laughs> from 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 the basic ones to the top end ones. That that's got to be great. Um, yeah, actually, you're right. I think he said he's going to New England. 
if I remember right, I think, I think yeah, it looks, looks like Nate got fourth fastest on stage two. So it, the, upgrade, the upgrade definitely worked. He was he was flying. Now it's just uh, keeping it out of the trees. That's that, you got to do that when you're flying. So yeah, they're so competitive. And to keep up with Seamus and Hooper and all them, you you have to be on it all the time from the first stage. Yeah, no time to relax. I mean, which I guess I you know I screwed up on the first four stage and ended up you know a good chunk back. It is good healthy competition. Uh, those open guys, it's guys and gals is very impressive. Yeah, uh, it's something that you know I think it's a class that doesn't get as much focus as maybe it should. Um, you know, you see how the folks always, it's the four wheel drive, this four wheel drive, that, and you know, that's and usually where things are. Aaron just more. posted today, you know, one picture of Seamus's car, so <laughs> progress, <laughs> right? Right, you know, yeah, we need we need more a little more focus on the NA4s, um, and the limited twos and some of the open two stuff because, uh, definitely some good competition in those ranks as well, but. Yeah, and talk about uh, Mark Mark Piatkowski picking up fifth overall. Yes, um, he was in a, a pretty good battle with Viola uh, uh, uh with Eric. Um, they they were really having a, a good time looking at their stage times, and uh, Eric, I think, was a little bit sleeping on the job there for a little bit uh, before he started pushing, and uh, I think that's where Mark kind of had him just from the get go, and it was hard for him to maybe claw back, but. It's one thing for a for a naturally aspirated car to get a top five at Snowdrift, but on a gravel rally, and this one definitely had some some power sections. There, you know, there's a there is a lot of tight twisty stuff, but then there would be these wide open sections of tarmac with like fives and sixes just stringed together. That you know definitely would have benefited a more powerful car. Well, and that's where Eric's got the H6 in his. So he did an H6 swap, whereas uh, uh, Piakowski doesn't. <laughs> as far as I know, Piakowski's running a, you know, what, probably somewhere around 150 horsepower, something like that. He, he doesn't have anything special in his NA4 that I recall. And maybe something special in the driver's seat. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, that's definitely helpful, right? But I mean, I started seeing some of the, you know, images of those stages where you've got the hairpins climbing uphill and that's where power comes in as well, right? Um, and having the right gear ratios and things like that. Some of those were very, let's say, underwhelming in a low power two-wheel drive car. <laughs> come on, come on, come on. Did you have a favorite uh, moment or favorite stage? Uh, I got to go with the very last stage in the dark, pushing to, let's say, 9.5 out of 10. And it was, it's pitch black. Uh, all the that section had a lot of a lot of tarmac, and it's you know everyone's been taking cuts all day, so it's covered in mud. And I was just I had probably my scariest moment of the rally was I was I think I was in full throttle in fourth gear, went around the corner and just got a four wheel slide all the way across the tarmac road, almost into the ditch on gra- on a, on the tarmac. It's like, oh, that was interesting. But luckily, nothing bad happened. I'm liking this uh, Eastern Limited Two Wheel Drive Championship. Uh, I, I, like I said, I didn't realize it. You're gonna, you've got some uh, some competition there with little Patrick Gruska, the young kid. You gotta show him how uh, the old guys yeah. can outdo him. 
Ah, uh, we're the old guys now. Yeah, um, kinda. Wait, wait, dude. He's what? Eighteen? Only thirty. He's only eighteen. Uh, I was told seventeen. I was told seventeen. So let's uh, say he's seventeen. Eighteen doesn't matter. To you, that's still a young kid. Yeah. And yes, I am an old man. Fine. Uh, Whatever. Oh, <laughs> I mean, yeah. He asked me if I was going to New England, which implies that he's going to New England. So that's going to be another good point all for him if he wins. You can only count so many events, though. Yeah, I used to not pay attention to that, but now I'm kind of. I need to like go check what. <laughs> Maybe I'll have to. I wasn't planning on doing more than a couple events this year, just because I've, I've got work travel that didn't happen last year. That's all piling up this year, but. Maybe I'll have to go sneak in a CPR or something. I was planning on just doing summer summer snow and then LSPR. You might have to add in just one more event then, see if you can uh, seal up that championship. We'll see. It's going to come down. It it might really come down to the last couple rallies. That's how we like to see it. That's always what makes it fun, man. It is cool to see a fast fast driver. And he he is traveling quite a bit, but he hasn't uh, jumped up to national yet. Well, and it's a smart move to make, right? Yeah, because nationals combined, right? He would need, yeah, he would need to probably jump into like an R two and go hammer and tongs with all the other guys. Yeah, uh, national is combined. I mean, you still you you'll still get at the end of the season. You can still win. I think the the championship and and uh, you know limited two. But as far as the podium's concerned, it's just done by all two wheel drive together combined. Yeah, I, mean, I think there was like one national limited two wheel drive car this rally. Yeah, and that was Paul Dickinson. Yeah, basically, it's like a regional class, functionally. Yeah, and and I think Paul, the reason why he does that is, you know, he's going to all the national events anyway, and he's a super nice guy, and I think he just, he doesn't want to impact all the, you know, you guys that are in regional. You know, let you guys, you guys have your own little battle, and he doesn't want, like, his performance to somehow affect it, you know, because when you guys are, are going for this, like, regional championship, and he's like, you know what? I know what I'm doing. I'm out here having fun, progressively getting better, but uh, I'll just stick with, you know, being that national so I don't interfere with you guys, you know? Yeah, and not, not like he would have been in uh, the top three fight, I guess. Yeah, he was he was definitely a little bit uh, farther back there, unfortunately, but, you know, he, he he's a consistent driver. Just, uh, yeah, needs to pick up the pace just a little bit. It'll come with time, you know, just uh, seat time is everything, right? I mean, it's weird to say, but it seems like by now, you know, I've been doing this for a couple of years, and it's, you know, I've done a good chunk of these stages before, and kind of starting to get to at least now the character of the roads, and, you know, start recognizing, like, oh, yeah, that's gonna, this this corner, yeah, that'll end your rally if you, if you don't respect it. You know, that that's the thing I've heard from others that have done, you know, the multiple runs of the, the same events or, or the championship, and yeah, they do have in their mind, even though yeah, they're listening to the notes and they, they can't, they don't memorize an entire stage. Uh, it's impossible to do, but those specific spots, right, the gotcha spots, those will hold in that mind when you're doing that stage repeated times, right? I did have Pastrana in my notes uh, where we where his car caught on fire last year. <laughs> well, memorable moment. Uh, wasn't it particularly? dangerous place for cars really <laughs> but uh didn't work out well for him i don't know if it was about a halfway point but it's you can picture it you know as soon as my co-driver says it like oh yeah i know go straight up the middle don't have to worry about being confused by like the side path 
Although my favorite is still, I've got I've got the Hooper jump in my OSPR notes. Oh yes, that with the the, the whooping. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure you don't want to call it call it the uh, Claudia corner or something because <laughs> the Claudia jump because it's it's her reaction that makes that gold. Although the note is uh, Ho- Hooper jump or yeah, it'll be like 500 Hooper jump, be brave. <laughs> well, it's right in front of the spectators too. After you come down, well, you, you can't lift. No. No, not at all. Not on that one. Well, if you do lift, you're not going to jump. I mean, so if you're going to do a jump, you, you can't lift because it's not really that big of a of a lip there, right? So definitely requires you to be on it. Even in my little car, we hit it at about 100 miles an hour. There's a long straight going up to that one. I was going to say, it's got a long lead up, exactly. So, um, yeah, <laughs> definitely. A, definitely, And you've got a nice runoff area, too. Right, so that also allows you to be brave because it yeah we, we it goes left, straight. Left you guys do a ninety left, but the road actually can continue. So yeah, we we might have had to use that when I sent it over the jump. <laughs> yeah, so and so far this year I've had two two great battles and with different drivers. So hopefully, looking forward to the same thing in summer snow and um, LPR. Is entry list in for us uh, snow then? Uh, they're starting to come in, although since it's just a regional, they're it wasn't it wasn't super full yet. Uh, I think they're limiting it to 30 entries, but they also increased the mileage by about 20 miles this year, which is awesome. Ooh, yeah, that makes it good. Yeah, it's only only showing 10 entries right now. Yeah, they're gonna have to we have to get that bumped up a little bit. Hopefully, you, you'll get uh, some more competition for you. Yeah, and yeah, and uh, ranked by speed factor, they have me they have me third on the road. So hopefully, we get some more people. <laughs> <laughs> Do you notice that factor that, you know, with the nationals versus the regionals, how much uh, the road sweeps and, and how much it affects you? I don't know. I don't know if sweeping too much, probably just because I'm on terrible tires. But definitely the cuts are quite aggressive. There's a couple spots where you can see, you know, on like a, you know, when, when, they're, when they're going, like cutting through like the side of the mountain where it's like a steep drop, sometimes it's just, it looks like over a foot down that the, the road's worn away. And I can't, you know, if it's like a, a shallow cut, I can I can do that. I've got the travel. But when it's like a foot down, I don't. And and it was, it was weird. It seemed like a couple corners, it would be like two steps. There was like a, a shallow cut and then a super deep cut that the top guys were going through. So I'd have to try to like balance my wheel on the on the smaller cut without falling down and potentially spinning or getting stuck. That and the uh, stiffer suspension, if you said your suspension felt a little too stiff, that, that can make that even more challenging, huh? My car also sits kind of low. I've, I haven't really adjusted it since I bought it. It works. It's, I'm, I know how it drives. I know what it likes. Just drive drive the car like it wants to be driven and send it. <laughs> well, I think that's a good way to end it. Dude, um, congratulations again on the win. Wow, good battle for the uh, regional. We'll have to uh, see... You know how well uh, Patrick Grushka can uh, keep up his efforts, and uh, hopefully have even more competition than that uh, throughout the rest of the season, man. Yeah, I'll definitely be keeping an eye on him. All right, take care. Thanks for chatting with us, and uh, we'll talk again soon. Thank you very much. Have a good night. Well, thanks, Danny and Santiago, for the chat. Since Southern Ohio, Santiago took the class win at the regional summer snowdrift rally, uh, and he bref- briefly led the Eastern Limited Two Wheel Drive uh, regional standings by one point. However, last weekend, Patrick Grushka took second in class at 
New England Forest Rally, which an event Santiago was not at. So based on that, now we've got Patrick Grushka back in the lead in the Eastern Regional Limited Two-Wheel Drive, and he's leading by 13 points. So it's definitely going to go down to the wire between these two, so uh, make sure you pay attention to that. These these regional guys, they, they really have a good time uh, going at each other, and uh, I have a feeling it's going to be yet another good battle to follow for the season. All right, so now let's talk technical. Uh, in the opening of the show, I said that I was going to talk about whether Barry McKenna's car is too fast uh, for the championship. The claim is that McKenna's car isn't just too fast, but that also his previous WRC car, the 2011 WRC car, and the R5s upgraded to um, open class from their RC2 class. There's, what, they go to a six-speed transmission, there's uh, some other engine mappings and some other changes they can do, that those are fast enough to compete with the Subarus from Vermont Sports Car. So how does one actually accurately compare those two? Well, if there's a stage that I think that all the cars are always flat out on, always pushed to the max, there's no sandbagging in other words, it's probably Concord Pond. You know, it's a stage that is a smoother surface. It doesn't have um, the road sweeping. And, you know, it's just it's just a great stage, I think, that truly tro- shows the performance of the cars. Um, as much as the driver, of course, that's always a factor. But it, it is flat out to the end. Um, there is kind of no holding back. And history kind of shows that. So uh, I took the numbers that we got from, uh, and, and huge, massive thanks uh, to Nathan Usher and his Sneak Attack Rally website uh, for all the times and stage distances. Uh, he has average speeds there and all that. That's where I got all my data. But let's rewind back the clock. So 2017 uh, was the first year of ARA, uh, my first time going to New England Forest Rally and seeing this Concord Pond stage. And back then, uh, Higgins and Pastrana were, of course, with uh, the Vermont sports car uh, built Subarus. Barry McKenna was in his 2011 WRC car. Some people call it the uh, S2000 Turbo. That's what we called it back then. Because the chassis itself was an S2000, but you put in all the bits to make it a WRC car and actually is a WRC car. That's the way S2000 worked back then. It was supposed to be an upgradable chassis. So in all intents and purposes, the car that David Higgins drove this year and was what Barry competed in prior is actually a WRC car. It's got all the carbon fiber bits, the aero bits, um, all the stuff that upgraded to a WRC, WRC car. So I'm going to be calling it a 2011 WRC car. That all said, let's uh, go back and look at some numbers here. So 2017, back then, David Higgins, he ended up averaging 85.06 miles per hour over the stage, uh, Concord Pond, over both runs of it, and Pastrana was 84.98 miles per hour. And again, that's combining both runs and coming up with an average. McKenna's car was two miles per hour slower than both of those Subarus. David's time, though, was clocked at four minutes, 2.1 seconds for both of those runs, and Pastrana hit that exact same time for one of his runs. Well, that's kind of unusual, isn't it? Well, there's a little bit of a caveat there, because in 2017, there was actually a rule in place that said cars could not go over an average of 85 miles per hour. That's why it says 85.06. It has to do with the math they were doing. But their actual time was not that. That's just what is stored in the database uh, because they adjusted it to be 85 miles per hour. So unfortunately, 2017 isn't a good mark, is it? Because, uh, well, they made some rule changes after that. 
increase the weight on the cars and some other things. Um, so we, we can't, since we don't know the actual stage times, we don't know how much faster Subarus were uh, than McKenna's 2011 WRC car at that time. So let's set, set that aside for a moment. Let's look at the following years after that. So 2018, which uh, that season, um, we ended up having nobody going up and over that 85 mile per hour limit, which I don't think that was a limit anymore. I think they got rid of that rule, but either way, cars didn't go over it. Um, again, it was uh, Higgins running full time with uh, Pastrana doing select events, if you remember that. In that year, McKenna's uh, WRC car was 1.3 miles per hour slower than Higgins, and Pastrana was about one mile per hour faster. What does that amount to in time? Well, over that stage distance, it's about three to four seconds on the five-mile stage. All right, so not a huge difference, but it definitely is a difference. So then we go into 2019, and again, we have McKenna still in the older 2011 WRC car, and this time it's Higgins and the young phenom of Oliver Solberg that's in the Vermont sports car hardware. All the cars now are faster than the previous year. You see that the Subarus have found something to make themselves a little bit quicker. Still not at that 85 mile per hour mark, but this time around, they're 2.5 miles per hour on average, faster than uh, McKenna's 2011 WRC car. That's now about seven seconds over that 5.6-ish mile uh, stage. So let's move on now to this year, since there was no 2020 season, thanks COVID. For 2021, we now have an even broader range of things we can look at. We've got Ken Block added to the Vermont sports car built car uh, Subaru list. So that adds just another um, driver you can add to the mix. And we know he wasn't slow all weekend. And then you've got, of course, David Higgins driving what was the 2011 Fiesta. And now we've got uh, Barry McKenna in the brand new, uh, you know, 2021 M Sport Fiesta WRC with all its high downforce aero bit goodness, right? So just how much faster is that new car then? Well, based on the stats from the Concord Pond stage, all three Vermont sports car Subarus were about one and a half miles per hour slower than the newest Fiesta WRC. So that's about three and a half to four seconds over the 5.37 mile stage. Oh, I said earlier it was 5.6 miles. Okay, it's 5.37. My bad. Interestingly, that's actually closer than 2019 when the Subarus were seven seconds quicker. So let's look at Higgins' time now. So that's now the 2011 Fiesta. That's what Barry was running before. So if we're saying that the previous car was able to compete with the Subarus, then he should have been, you know, being David Higgins, right there with the Subarus, right? Well, guess what? Higgins' time was three and a half seconds slower than all three of the Vermont-built Subarus. So the question, again, was, is McKenna's 2020 Boy, 2020, I, I'm making up words and years and things. Let's try that again. So the original question was, is McKenna's 2021 WRC car too fast for the championship? And is the previous WRC car or any of the R5s upgraded to RC2 to full open fast enough to compete with the Vermont sports car Subarus? My personal conclusion to this question is both no and no. To throw into there, the closest uh, R5 open class car was like six, seven miles per hour on average, slower and not close. So um, yeah, let's not even put that in the mix. Uh, I can understand the frustration 
when you invest a whole heck of a lot of money, these top teams do, it, it, whether you're Subaru or you're McKenna Motorsports, and you expect to be right there at the top. And then you find out no matter what you can do, no matter how fast you are in that car, you're going to be almost a second per mile slower than your competition. That's incredibly frustrating. However, based on the numbers, this feels a bit more like the, the shoes on the other foot kind of situation. This is something I kind of suspected before because I knew the Subarus were faster than McKenna's car uh, before, just from what we'd seen in stats, you know, over the over the years. But this was the first time I actually did the calculations to figure it out. So is McKenna's car faster? Yeah, it is. Is it obscenely faster than what the gaps were before? Not from the math I've done. Subaru was faster than McKenna by an even wider margin in 2019. So could McKenna be holding back a bit? Possibly. But I doubt it on Concord Pond. It's a stage everyone goes flat out on, and that's why I chose it. However, you do have to take into account Concord Pond isn't necessarily representative of every rally or every stage. It's not as technical. It doesn't have any hairpins, things like that. But you also don't have where drivers are trying to uh, conserve their tires or, you know, they're, they're trying to keep from hitting big rocks and things like that. None of those are issues. Dust, things like that. None of that was an issue. And so, like I said, it, it seemed the most representative um, uh, as far as comparison of the hardware than it was of conditions and, and, and other variables that could get just too hard to compare. So that's why I chose that as the stage. Um, but... Yeah, it, it's hard to determine what's going to end up being the best car for an entire season. But based on this stage, I don't think that Barry's car is obscenely faster. That said, I don't expect Subaru to sit on their laurels and let McKenna tear off into the distance ahead of them. We'll probably see some sort of rule change or maybe some advanced arrow on the Subaru machines or both for 2022. But we'll have to wait and see. But as it is right now, uh, yes, Barry's car is a little bit faster. But is it too fast? Not by a long shot we've had a bigger advantage prior to this. Well, that wraps it up for this episode. Let me know what you think about my comparisons. If you want to do some math yourself, check out sneakattackrally.com and look at the uh, ARA combiner thing, is what it's called on that site, and uh, switch it to the single stage view, and that'll show you uh, the specific stage times, the average speeds, uh, the, the stage distance is listed there. Uh, feel free to do all your own math and see if you come up with a similar conclusion to me and let me know. Anyways, thanks for listening, everybody. I'm your host, Mike Shaw, and remember, keep it shiny side up.